Well, I just got a note from a listener who said, Dan, I fired my job. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, there's probably a few more of you out there who would like to say, Dan, I fired my job. Now, it's not for everybody. You love your job? Fantastic. You found the perfect fit. But if you've created a clear plan for what you want to move to and you know that you do need to make a change, then by all means, congratulate yourself, fire your job, and move on. Now, last week we talked about the idea that you can, in fact, love your work. You know, it's still that pervasive kind of feeling with a lot of people that they question, is it really okay to, in fact, love my work? Isn't it just part of living? Or isn't it part of God's purpose for me that I'm going to suffer and be miserable? Well, I don't know where you get that kind of idea. I don't know how you can support that philosophically, psychologically, sociologically, or theologically. Well, we're going to talk about how to love your work and how to either find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, a lot of fun, something that you love and profitable, all those things. That's what we're looking for here. Well, our sponsor today is Casper Mattress. Tell you a little bit more about them in a minute. Here's some of the things we'll be discussing. Now, here's somebody says, this is not actually a question, but he says, I'm thrilled to announce that I have found a job I absolutely love. We'll be sharing some success stories here. Dan, what can I do with my physical therapy degree while I'm writing books? I've fancied myself as an armchair entrepreneur, listening to podcasts, investing in productivity tools, but doing absolutely nothing. He was challenged by my uh, plan that I laid out a couple weeks ago about how to divide your time into four quadrants so that you aren't just continuing to learn things, but that you're actually doing something to build a new idea or business. And then if we have time, we'll get to this one. How does a multi-passionate person settle on doing one thing? Now, that'll strike a chord with a lot of you. A lot of you have a lot of ideas. A lot of you are very creative. That's a great starting point. But at some point, you've got to zero in on something to create a plan, be very strategic and intentional if you're going to, in fact, make it meaningful. Well, we'll look at that and more. Our quotation today comes from Dan Sullivan, Dan being the head of Strategic Coach, wonderful program out of Toronto where a lot of leaders are part of that program. They get together in groups every well, every quarter and share ideas, get new instruction. They stay abreast of the latest and changes and all of that. People like my buddy, Mike Hyatt are part of that. I probably will be at some point, probably not this year because I'm quite busy, but uh, certainly a, a great program strategic coach. But Dan Sullivan says, always have a future that's bigger than your past. Now we could think about that a little bit. I mean, think about the people that you know, who simply talk about things they did 20 years ago. 10 years ago or one year ago where it's clear that they peaked. I mean, just coming through the, the Rio Olympics, my gosh, what do you do if you're 19 years old and you want a gold medal? You know, how how do you ever top that? But believe me, when your past is bigger than your future, you've just told your body, mind and spirit, they can start shutting down. We see that a lot in people. 
who get to a place where they're comfortable, where they've achieved something great, or when they reach that thing that we like to call retirement in our culture, and they essentially have told their body, hey, it's over, you can start shutting down, and that's exactly what happens. So always have a future that's bigger than your past. Let me talk about that a little bit more if we have a chance. First, before we do that, I want to talk about this as well. I want to talk to you about my friends at Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to the consumers. Now think about the usual process. Mattress is manufactured somewhere, then it goes through retailers, ultimately ends up in a little store in your town where they have to pay salespeople, pay utilities, and keep the lights on and rent. That's not what they do at Casper. They sell directly to you. Do you think that may provide a significant savings for a better quality mattress? Absolutely. I mean, there's a whole lot of teams that have worked on developing the Casper mattress. You've heard me talk about it. People rush to claim the room with the Casper mattress in it in our guest house when they're here on our property in Franklin, Tennessee. That's the response that we get again and again and again. Now, mattresses can cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin size, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery, free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. That's the way that it is. Time Magazine named Casper one of the best inventions of 2015. And now it's the most awarded mattress of the decade. Here's the deal. We got a special offer for you. As you know, go to casper.com slash sleep you love and use the promo code sleep you love to save $50 off your purchase. Let me give that to you again. Casper.com slash sleep you love. Then use the promo code sleep you love to save $50 off your purchase. Well, we've got a lot of success stories. I love sharing these every week. If you got a success story, we'd love to hear it. Pass it on to others listening who need encouragement and hope to convince them they can do it too. If you've got a story, just go to 48days.com, click on the Ask Dan link. You can leave it there. Or as you know, you can just shoot me an email directly at askdan at 48days.com. Now, this comes from Ronnie Boyd. We've heard from Ronnie multiple times over the last three or four years. And he says, hi, Dan, just writing to let you know I fired my job and I'm moving forward. I'm so excited. I'm going to continue in real estate investing, residential, and moving into commercial now. I'm also opening a business here locally that's going to be a lot of fun. I will be selling industrial specialty parts online and do counter sales out of a small, inexpensive warehouse I have. I've also been seeing the country some and meeting great people. I found a terrific group of people in New Mexico and we're starting a big project with them in Dallas, Texas, first quarter of 2017. Thanks for all your help in getting me started. I listen to your show every week and it's a continued blessing in my life. I'm very excited about what's next with no regrets about what I left behind. I've recently turned 43 and wish I would have done this sooner. There's no perfect time to go. I just felt the seasons in my life changing and knew it was the right time. Your friend, Ronnie Boyd. Well, thanks, Ronnie, for that. I mean, I remember really clearly meeting with Ronnie as a coaching client. He was 38 years old in a job where he was doing really well, but he just felt like he created his own version of Groundhog Day. You know, doing well in a job where they value them, but just nothing new. He'd just come home, watch TV, get up and go to work again, boring weekends. And we started creating a life plan. 
for Ronnie that included much more than his work. But as part of that, looked at the work that he did, in fact, find pretty boring. And as you can tell, he didn't quit right away. Kept it for essentially five years. But in that period of time, developed some other things. Got involved in the community, doing some volunteer things, doing some humanitarian things. Increased his giving dramatically because he got involved in real estate. Found that it was a real natural fit for him. He's had amazing, extraordinary success in real estate investing. I know some of you have talked to him along the way as well, but thanks for the update, Ronnie, and the fact that you finally fired that day job that you've had all this time. So congratulations on that. Alan says, I'm thrilled to announce that I found a job I absolutely love. Thank you for the advice you've given me over the years, especially through your podcast, books, and other materials. The most valuable piece of your process for me was a self-discovery Without asking the deeper questions of who I am, I would not have even considered the position I have now. I had interviews with four different companies and remembered your advice to interview, meaning to see about. Interview means to see about. To see about the other company, the other person, and discern whether it was a good fit for both of us. After the interviews, I asked my trusted advisors, coaches, and mentors what they thought. They encouraged me to pursue a property management job that I was resistant to accept while I wanted a more marketing-focused position. I was biting my nails and could hardly sleep the night before my first day, wondering if I was going down the wrong path, but boy, am I glad I trusted their advice. I could never have imagined enjoying a job as much as I enjoy this one. I'm a property manager for commercial properties, and my days are perfectly balanced for who I know myself to be, sometime in the office and sometime with clients. I use my marketing background daily on both a practical and theoretical level, letting me add value to my boss and our clients every day. I'm not confined to sit at a desk all day until exactly five o'clock, but I'm judged on my performance. Above all, I'm working with amazing people. Dan, without your coaching, it would never have been successful at knowing myself, thinking outside the box, trusting my advisors, or accepting what is clearly an absolutely perfect opportunity for me that integrates all my past experience. Oh, yeah, I got a job offer exactly 48 days after I chose to start looking. Amazing, just amazing. Thank you, Dan, and God continue to bless you. Well, thanks for the note there, Alan. And when Alan talks about coaching that he got from me, it's the same kind of coaching that a whole lot of you are getting as well. I've never met him personally. I don't believe I have anyway. And But he just, he listens, learns, reads, and took action, took massive action. I congratulate him on doing that and created or found in this case, a perfect job for himself. Now, here's a note that I got. I inter- interacted with a, a gal here locally named Jody. My bookkeeper, Bonnie, mentioned that she had run into Jody, someone who had been her neighbor years ago. And she said at the time, Jody hated her work and she had given her a copy of 48 Days to the Work You Love. And Jody just gave her an update that said, wow, the book changed her life and she's doing something totally new. And I'll tell you what that is. But I got this, so I shot a note to Jody, looked up her website, which is Ecodiva. Ecodiva, is that a cool name or what? E-C-O-D-I-V-A dot com. She makes chemical-free products, health and beauty products, chemical-free. Anyway, so I shot her a note, easy to find her. And she said, oh my gosh, yeah, Bonnie, my bookkeeper, is a superhero. I'm so thankful to have met her in financial peace. I read No More Mondays first. Then her giving me 48 days to the work you love truly did change the course of my career. 
My husband and I are enjoying living debt-free, and every day I'm thankful to be out of the corporate world and running my own business. I recently hired Pierce Mars to help steer me in the right direction, continue to grow EcoDiva in a healthy way. Your books have been a true inspiration and life-changing for me. Thank you. Uh, she says, I'm at the farmer's market in Franklin every Saturday, and I'd love it if you're ever visiting the market. Please stop by. Thank you for what you're doing for making a difference in people's lives. And I asked her, I said, what were you doing previously? What is it that you left? Jody says, I was a court reporter, a court stenographer for 20 years. It was great while we were raising our kids and putting them through college, mostly because of the money. But it was very stressful physically and mentally and began to sap the life out of me. I felt like I was doing nothing to make a difference and so desperately wanted to. We went through Financial Peace University, paid off $60,000 in 17 months, read both of your books, walked away from a six-figure income and started EcoDiva, and I've never looked back. I'd be absolutely honored for you to share a bit about my story. There's nothing I love more than giving hope to others that they can do something they love. I need to... Well, she says, I need to continue listening to your podcast. But anyway, congratulations, Jody, for taking action, making that transition, starting EcoDiva. Looks like you're doing a great job. Uh, on her site, it lists a whole lot of locations like Kroger stores where products are available. Love that. Just taking a simple idea, putting legs on it, taking action. That's exactly what we want to hear. Well, as you know, this is a point where I love to bring up our, the old Queen song here, We're the Champions. That's what we consider people like Jody and Ronnie and Alan to be, where they took action on an idea, did something significant to move into a new season of their life. And if you got a story, just shoot an email to me, askdan at 48days.com. We'd love to share your story in an upcoming episode right here on 48 Days Radio. Now, I mentioned you always want to have a future that's bigger than your past. You know, what I encourage you to do is this. Let's just talk about this a little bit. I encourage you to have a 25-year plan for your life. That means if you're 20 years old, that you've planned out till you're 45 years old. But it also means if you're 60, that you're planning out what it's going to look like at 85. What if you're already 80? Yeah, go ahead. Plan out the next 25 years. Now, what happens? Are, now, are you, are you going to reach that? Well, maybe not. No big deal. If you don't, it's only the people around you that are going to be disappointed, not you. But without having something to look forward to, it's a very, very dangerous position. Now, that could be where you just simply are in a comfortable position or where you are retired. Now stick with me here. You, you need a life with courage. A lot of people talk about, you know, they want a life that's stress-free. They want a life that's just predictable, but that very quickly trans into a life that's boring as well. If you want a future that doesn't require any more courage, you're going to start to die. As soon as you decide you want a life of ease, whatever that looks like, you want to win the lottery, retire, or find work that's just a no-brainer so you don't have to think anymore. You're telling your body, mind, and spirit that they really aren't needed much anymore, and they start to deteriorate. You've essentially given yourself a death sentence. 
here's what happens in retirement. We see this so commonly. I mean, isn't it, doesn't it just break your heart to have somebody who finally gets to that point and they retire and two years later they're dead. It's like, what happened there? They were in good health. What happened? But here's, here's what happens so often in retirement. No friends, no money, no purpose. You're going to have a tough time getting up in the morning if those three things are absent. No friends, no money, no purpose. Now, granted, there are a lot of people coming into retirement where they don't have the money they thought they would. Investments have gone sour. The company did away with the pension plan unexpectedly or filed bankruptcy or whatever. It happens a lot. But what if you're retired and you do have friends and you do have purpose with those, you can easily generate money. But without friends and without a purpose, without meaning, you're really toast. So you know my approach on this. I don't care how old you are. Be planning the next 25 years what you're going to do. I'm doing some things right now. I mean, I've never been so excited in my life about some of the things we're going to be launching yet this year in 2016. Some things I've never done before. I'm not looking to just get comfortable on the success of the past, on what my books and programs and things are doing. No, I'm looking for what is it that I can do that's going to absolutely scare the fire out of me. I mean, I really plug into the old Eleanor Roosevelt quotation, do one thing every day that scares you. I look for something that's going to scare me. Yesterday, my granddaughters unfortunately discovered a hornet's nest in the ground here on our property. Well, yeah, they got stung. Not a pleasant thing, but it doesn't last, doesn't last real long. We decided to do a little research on how hornets live. They don't build their nest up in trees and do some other things. You know, they commonly have a nest burrowed down into the ground. So yeah, I went out there. Yeah, I went too close. I'm not trying to just be stupid. I don't want to get stung. But I thought, you know, here's an opportunity to learn about something that I don't know much about. Do one thing every day that scares you. You know, this connection between the excitement that we have in our lives, the excitement we have in our work and our health is so critically connected. There's such a strong connection between the satisfaction you have at work. And if that means doing something that scares you, doing something new, doing something on your own or creative or non-traditional, more entrepreneurial, I mean, for some of you, it'll be that. That's a healthy thing. That's going to increase your health. Being in something predictable and boring is a compromise to your health. We can show that again and again and again. Well, let's go on to some questions here. Got a question here, an audio question from Lisa that I'm going to play. We'll talk about that. Hi, Dan. It's Lisa from the Bronx here. I find that a lot of my neighbors here are immigrants and they are children of immigrants. And a lot of them have speaking issues For instance, they say acts instead of ask, and they say minds instead of mine. And a lot of it is inner city culture, and a lot of it is immigrants who don't speak the language, English as their native language. I was born and raised in the Bronx. I enjoy reading, and I also enjoy teaching people how to speak better English, and people have called me the grammar Nazi and all of that stuff. I want to know how I can turn that around and make that into a lucrative side business and ideally just quit my job and see if I can do this full time. Any advice? Thanks so much. Thanks for your show. Bye-bye. 
Well, thanks for your question, Elisa. The grammar Nazi, I love that kind of positioning. This is one of those situations where we know the need is there, but we have to ask ourselves, is the market there to turn that into something financially profitable? That's a challenge. We could go out, hey, you can come right here to Nashville, Tennessee, believe me, we can walk down the street and we can find 98 people out of the first hundred we meet who are candidates for what you're doing, to teach them how to speak better, to speak more effectively, and to get rid of all the things that they've that have crept into their lamb fixing to do this and he he don't do nothing well the 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 issue is do those people want to change you knowing that they should or believing that they should is not enough to create a profitable business out of that so the key is can you out of those 98 find two that would in fact pay and are motivated to change the way they're talking now If people don't see it as a deterrent, and of course I'm here right in the heart of country music where it's almost a badge of honor to to butcher the English language. I mean, look at what country music does to the English language. Every uh, compromise known to man is thrown in there, and it's just almost part of the culture. It would be unusual and perhaps would not be popular to have a country music song that used proper English. So I'm not sure there's something there that you can monetize. If somebody becomes a superstar and they recognize that their English is really poor and they'd like to be better in doing that, certainly you can get coaching clients, a handful of coaching clients to do that. People who are going to be presenters, people who have gotten promoted in their work and want to reduce a real regional accent or want to be more polished in their presentation. I have a speech coach that I've used for many years now, Dr. Ralph Hillman who is an amazing speech coach at helping me speak from my diaphragm. And he can, in a presentation, change the impression you have of him instantly by being somebody from the Bronx, New York, where you are, being somebody from the Deep South, being somebody from England. And it changes your whole perception of him. He's a master at doing that. So he works with people at high levels to help them with their speech. You can do that, but I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be accepted by the average person on the street. One of those things that uh, you've got to have an unusual approach. Now, again, you, the listeners, if you got some interesting ideas for application for Lisa, please let me know how she could monetize that. Jonathan says, thanks for reading my email. I've been working on turning my life around the last two years. It's coming along pretty well. My question is, I've been reading a lot and loved your last podcast on setting a specific amount of time every week on working on something. However, I really struggle with execution right now. I know what to do and I have a general idea of the direction of where I want to go. Maybe I'm a little scared. I've been at the same company for 15 years and it's hard to move on when it is so secure. I appreciate your response and love everything you and your team and the hard work they put into the show. Jonathan, he puts in a PS. I did not know that your son, Kevin was on the Ziegler show. I live in Colorado Springs being so close to such a great man is inspiring. Well, I'll have to pass that on to Kevin that being close to the great man that he is, you're inspired by that. He would be thrilled to hear that. I want to back up to your question. When you say I've been with the same company for 15 years, it's hard to move on. When it is so secure, oh my gosh, that makes a hair stand up on the back of my neck. I talk to people every day who are in jobs 
that were absolutely guaranteed secure till the day they died, only to find out, though that's not true, it's just an illusion. That kind of security usually is an illusion. And when you're feeling uneasy, you're feeling unrest, you really want to move on to something else, that's probably not as hidden from the people you work with as what you might suspect. You may be more vulnerable than what you actually expect. Don't rest on your laurels thinking that your job is so secure. It is not. I've worked with tons of people who have come out of the Saturn Corporation after they were with General Motors their entire working lifetime, convinced that it was too big to fail. No, they closed the doors two days before Thanksgiving a few years ago. It was not too big to fail. Those people lost their jobs, even in those kind of jobs. You know, AT&T, we could go on and on, WorldCom, Enron, the companies that people thought their jobs were secure. No, they were not. So the question is, what are you doing to position yourself? Doesn't mean you have to quit your job. Not at all. But you ought to be so clear at any given time that you know what your most remarkable skills are so that you could walk out the door with your head held high. If you got a pink slip this afternoon saying, we don't need you anymore. You could tomorrow morning approach 10 companies and tell them exactly what it is that you do that has really high, unique value that only you can provide. That's what you have to do. So back up when you say you're working on your life and it's coming along pretty well. Fantastic. I want you to be so clear in what it is that you do that it wouldn't matter if the company went away. That's a small piece to replace because you know what it is you do well. Your skills are transportable. It's not that you're just operating a big machine, I assume. Your skills are probably between your own two ears. So be so clear on that, you can move on and be ready to go. That's what you want to do in terms of executing the application of information that you're hearing here week after week. Jerry says, Dan, I'm addicted to your sites. Thanks for the work you do. I'm a medical worker. I've been doing physical therapy for 30 years. I'm very burned out. Would like to go into a creative field of work. I'm a good writer. I'm wondering if I could write some books on different topics in fitness and physical therapy for the elderly population. I also have a journal that I would like to put into book form. I've had a difficult life with suffering from bipolar disorder. I feel that I am an overcomer. I would like to help other people who also struggle with mental illness. I'm bright and capable. Any ideas for other things I can do with my physical therapy degree while I'm writing books? And what's the best way to get published? Well, you covered a lot of ground there. Let me deal with the first part. First, Jerry, that is being in physical therapy. Are there things you can do? Yeah. I mean, the application of physical therapy, for one thing, as a vocation, as a career, as clear skills that you have, is really broad. I mean, there's thousands of different organizations. You could be part of a a sports training facility. You could be part of a more traditional medical facility where you're helping people recover from accidents or illness or strokes or heart attack. I have a a neighbor who is at a high level and it's kind of like physical therapy. It's really more than that and radiation as well. But he was really kind of bored at his work and came to me. We worked on some ideas for things he could do to launch out of that. Just write, do some of the things you're talking about here. But he was used to an income that was about $175,000 a year. It was pretty hard to just walk out of that and duplicate that by doing some little side jobs or writing. Here's what he did do. He fills temp positions. So he has this real clear area of specialty. And he and his family enjoy traveling. They have two little girls. And they decided they'll just travel. 
there seems to be an unlimited number of opportunities for him to plug in with his skills where somebody may be on maternity leave or somebody's taking a leave of absence or they're in between hiring and they need somebody to fill in. So he takes positions and they tend to be from three to six months in length. What he decided, what he discovered in that is that he could effectively double his pay by working as a temp rather than working as a guaranteed salaried worker. So instead of just doubling his pay to do that, though, he decided he would spend no more than four or five months a year actually working daily, leaving the rest of the time to travel, write, and create new products. And that's exactly what they're doing. They sold their home, bought a travel trailer where they're going to live in that, and his goal is to work no more than four or five months a year. And then the rest of the time, he can write. So he's going to continue creating the income he's used to, but have half of his time free to create the writing things. I would encourage you to look at options like that. The other thing is just simply to take 15 hours a week. And I'm going to give you a breakdown on how to use that time here in just a minute, but take 15 hours a week to add to what it is that you're doing now. So you don't jeopardize the real job that you have, but you start to build something on the side. When you get to the point where you can duplicate 50% of your current income in what you're doing on the side, then you really have a clear pattern where you can see if I devoted all my time to this, I could easily make this work. I've been through that process exactly like that many, many times with people. Aaron says, thanks for your book and your podcast, especially the one titled Stop Getting Smarter and Do Something, where you outline how to set aside 15 hours a week for a side business. I fancied myself as an armchair entrepreneur listening to podcasts, investing in productivity tools, but doing absolutely nothing. Anyway, after hearing that podcast, I finally got off my duff, set aside 15 hours a week to work in my side business, following the guidelines you mentioned. No more than three hours learning, four hours creating content, four hours working with clients, four hours marketing. The biggest challenge has been purposely reducing the amount of learning intake and making sure I apply it. Thanks for all you do. Now, a couple weeks ago, I went through this where I talked about my concern that a lot of people that I talk to continue to learn massively. You know, they went to seven conferences this year. They read 30 books. They have been through five courses and they've not created a penny in income. What they've done is simply learned continued to learn. And I said, no, you can make massive progress in three to six months, spending only 15 hours a week in the air in building a new business. If you divide those hours as follows. Now I just gave you those just read through those and Aaron's note there, but I'll give you those again, divide the 15 hours that you have to devote to a side business in this way, three hours in reading, studying, gather new knowledge. So 20% of the 15 hours you spend reading, studying, gather new information. That's all. So if you've spent already this week, three hours listening to podcast, turn this one off. You don't need to listen to this one. You've, you've got enough information. Five hours creating content. That would be working on blogs, courses, your coaching packages, whatever. Now I'm talking about in the first three to six months of a business, not necessarily after you've been in business for two years. But I'm assuming if you've been in something for two years, you've already moved into it full time. You haven't just kept it as a side, as a side business. So five hours creating content, four hours working directly with clients, 
serving your customers, whatever that looks like. Three hours or another 20% then marketing efforts to build your brand and reputation. It's not a matter. I talked yesterday in our coaching mastery call about the fact we used to believe that if you build it, they will come. Well, that's not true anymore. You can have the most elaborate, gorgeous website in the world. It doesn't matter unless you're telling people about it and bringing them there. It's not going to generate anything for you. So those three hours, yeah, marketing efforts. What are you going to do to build your brand and reputation? How are you going to tell people about what it is that you're doing? How are you going to tell your story so that it compels them to get engaged with you? But if you spend those 15 hours doing that, you can make massive progress towards starting any business you want to. Thanks for the note, Aaron. Well, Joel says, last month I was unexpectedly laid off without severance. And this past week, my city experienced the worst flooding in the history of Southern Louisiana. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I'm an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs, ID on the disc, and have not enjoyed my previous two jobs. I'm having trouble finding a sales position that is a fit, and I'm wondering if sales is for me at all. My long-term goal is to grow my freelance business. In the meantime, do you have any advice for a creative person looking for work? Traditional roles tend to make me miserable. However, I at least need an anchor job in order to build my freelance business. Well, golly, and this comes from Joel. What, what a great position to be in to recognize the things that you recognize about yourself. Now, you said you were laid off unexpectedly without severance, but the deal is you said you're having trouble finding a sales position. Sales position should be the easiest thing to find. Having sales skills are the most marketable, most transferable skills you could possibly have. Those will help you land on your feet. Now, if you're having trouble finding a sales position, I'm, I question getting a position is a sales process in and of itself. So when you're selling something, the most effective selling is simply sharing enthusiasm. That's true when you're looking for a job. So what is the product? The product is you. Are you excited about the product? Are you confident that you want this company to experience the benefits of having the product? That being you, if you are, then you ought to be so excited, so enthusiastic about what your unique value would be to a company. They'd have a hard time resisting you. And especially in sales. Now, if you go in and say, well, I need to have $125,000 guaranteed base, you know, and I only want to work three days a week. Well, that's going to be tough. But if you are confident you're going to produce increased revenue, which any sales position should in fact lead to for a company, why wouldn't a company want to have you on board? I mean, if you come talk to me and say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sell the disc profiles that you provide, I'm going to sell the seminars and I'm going to generate another $30,000 in income. And I'd like to get half of that. Why would I not say yes? Go for it. Let's make this happen. So make sure that you're presenting yourself as a salesperson, not just as somebody wanting a job. So you can have an anchor job, continue to build your freelance business, but make sure that you present yourself for that anchor job. And, and being a creative person, again, wow, being a creative person ought to give you a distinct advantage. I mean, if you're a creative person and you're a salesperson, I mean, I had a client one time who was a sales guy And so he sent out his resume wrapped around a literal ear of corn, a real ear of corn. And then he had with that, you know, the note that went with it, oh, shucks, 
I'm sure you think this is corny, but just give me your ear. You know, he, he had all these things that were direct takeoffs from what he had done. My gosh, he had more interviews than he could possibly even fulfill the interviews, let alone job offers. That tends to be the case. So use your creativity and how you're approaching looking for a job. Boy, this ought to, you know, th- th- this ought to be something you can knock out real quickly. Now I've got, a, I got a uh, audio question here that I want to play. This comes from Patrick. You'll get us now. I wanted to play this rather than just read it. Now, a lot of these questions come in. I just do a quick synopsis in the reading, but this one I wanted to play so you could hear his voice. Hi, Dan. My name's Patrick Finnegan. I'm 53 years old. I am in need of making money as soon as possible. Uh, debt, everything is bearing me. I'm very desperate. Um, I do have a part-time job, but it takes up only about five or six hours a day, so I have plenty of time to do other things. I am in analysis paralysis. Uh, I say I need money right away. I mean, literally, I don't know how I'm going to pay for food next week. And I'm married and have a son. Analysis paralysis with everything. I have had an eclectic background from teaching to being a artist, a painter, to um, to nonprofit work, to trying to start some businesses, everything seems to just everything has really gone sour for me over the last six years or so since the crisis. So I want something online. I want something that most of it, if not 100% of it, is online. And uh, I just am stuck with analyzing all my ideas all the things. Every time I look at the ROI, I freeze, I doubt, I question myself, I lose confidence. So anything you can say to help, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Well, Patrick, thanks for your question, for sharing openly about your situation. Here's my advice. If you're desperate for income, get a job. This is not the time to start a business. Well, especially when you talk about starting an online business, that's not something that you start today and buy food next week. It takes longer than that. There's more of a ramp up time. I love your entrepreneurial ideas, the things that you've already done, the things that you want to move into. Now's not the time. If you're desperate for income, go out here and apply for 15 jobs today. Walk in the front door. 47% of jobs are still secured by doing exactly that. It's not some lengthy process. It's not even the process that I lay out in 48 Days to the Working Love where you send introduction letters, you know, then send your resume and cover letter, then schedule. No, 47% of jobs are gotten by just walking in the front door. Get out here. I mean, every the, the construction people that I have trying to get work done here in my property all tell the same story. We can't find people who will even show up on time. If you have any kind of skills in that area at all, you can start working today making 20 bucks an hour. You know, go to Home Depot. You know, they need people. Landscaping companies need people. I mean, right now, get some. it doesn't have to be your dream job. It doesn't have to be the perfect career. But if you're that desperate, that's what I would encourage you to do. Do something where they're going to pay you for the work that you do today. Then, over time, and it doesn't take a lot of time, sure, get back in the game. You know, you're obviously wired as an entrepreneur. The fact that you've had some things that fail, that just means you're closer to the gold vein. You know, don't worry about that. Those things should be valuable learning experiences for you, but things that should not make you shy away from getting back in the game again. I'm going to put a link in the notes here 
When you talk about online businesses, there's one resource that I recommend. That's my friend Jim Cockrum's material. He has the Proven Amazon course. And if you go to provenamazoncourse.com slash 48 days, it'll take you right to that. He has a book that you can get for $5. It's the Silent Sales Machine. And you can go to silentsalesmachine.com slash 48 days. It'll redirect, take you right there, and you can get that for five bucks. And with that link, silentsalesmachine.com slash 48 days, you can read the first two chapters of the book for nothing. That's the material. Jim has led countless number of people to online success. We just had a couple staying at our house here for a few days from Pennsylvania, just visiting, thinking about moving here to the area. The reason they're able to look at anywhere in the country they want to go is because they're doing Fulfilled by Amazon. They're online sellers following Jim Cochran's teaching. That's what you can do. And you can do that. You can get to that point quickly. But I would not encourage you to do that when you're in a desperate situation that you are. Focus on getting a job today. Add to the part-time job that you've got right now. Get another part-time job. Get paid for what you do pronto so you're not in this position of desperation. So you've got a little bit of margin, a little bit of breathing room in your life. Now, the only option of that in terms of starting your own job would be something where there is going to be a quicker kind of return. If you have a mower, a lawnmower, and you're going to go out this afternoon and talk to 20 homeowners in a given neighborhood and bids do their grass where you can mow it today and get paid today. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, there are some things. I mean, if you are a painter and you go out and bid an apartment this afternoon and you're going to paint it tomorrow and get paid the next day, yeah, there are some things you could do immediately like that. And you, if you've got a reliable car, you could be an Uber driver or a Lyft driver and get paid pretty quickly, although I would not encourage even those things because of the startup time. Best thing to do, go get one of those J-O-Bs. No shame in that at all, and that's exactly what I would recommend if you were my son. Rachel says, how does a multi-passionate person settle on doing one thing? I have a huge interest in education, would like to open up an after-school program overseas. I'm also interested in teaching community college students as well as adults. I'm also a certified life and career coach and would love to pursue a business in that area one day. But I just don't know which one to do. I really don't want to choose and don't feel I need to. But there's so much talk about doing one thing and hitting it hard. For me, when I start pursuing my coaching business, I miss working on after school program planning. When I switch to that, I want to do something else along with it. How can I settle down or perhaps combine my interest into one? Is there a way to do that? I'm so frustrated. Well, and this comes from Rachel. Great question. Again, great position to be in where you have all these things that you are passionate about. I love the term multi-passionate. A lot of creative people are never going to be anything different than that. What I would recommend is that you do focus on one or two things to be strategic and intentional. Create a plan so that you create the income that you want and need really quickly with what you're describing. If you're a certified life and career coach, that's probably the easiest one. When you talk about teaching a community college, that's not going to generate significant income. 
you want to open up an after-school program overseas, that's not going to generate significant income. I would encourage you to take your skills, your credentials as a life coach, focus on that, be clear about what it is, the unique area that you work in, where you have expertise, rock and roll with that. That does not mean that you ignore the other things where you are interested. It doesn't mean you put them on a back shelf and never go back to them again. But we can't take everything in our life that we're interested in and have an intentional plan and do it effectively. So we're creating lots of income in those. It's hard to do. You know, I use, I use multiple streams of income. You've heard me talk about that about seven different areas, but they're so closely tied together that activity in any one fuels activity in the one that it connects to. So they're not really disconnected at all. They're under one umbrella. So there's a way to do that with you describe. And again, I think coaching is a great way to go. Yesterday, in my personal mastermind, we worked with an attorney from Massachusetts who described four different things that he has. He just quit his position as an attorney. He has four different things. He has a book that he's written. He has a podcast that he's done. He has an attorney marketing institute, and he's a ghostwriter for other people bringing their stories to life. He's extremely good at that and is covered up with work in that area alone. So he talked about how can he make all four of these things part? Well, all these four things are not cleanly under one umbrella. Our encouragement was him to, was to keep a couple of these things as simply things that he is in, that he enjoys. I mean, in the new book, Big Magic that Elizabeth Gilbert has, a magnificent book incidentally, but she talks about the fact that a lot of people murder their creativity, their passion by forcing it to be their source of compensation. She's always held her art, that being her writing, gently in a hand where she can take care of it and nurture it by doing other things that allow her the freedom to do that. And it wasn't until just recently that she quit other things because her books have been so extraordinarily successful. It allows her freedom to do, just do that. But she had three major books that had been published and she still had traditional jobs. I mean, working as a waitress, working as an au pair, working as just doing normal jobs to provide for herself while she did these things that were her artistic passions held them lightly in her hand. There's a, a recent video blog by Marie Folio. Now Marie is just a rock star in this space, but it was titled how to be multi-passionate without looking flaky. It just, just search for that Marie Folio. The last name is F O R L E O how to be multi-passionate without looking flaky. It's about six minutes long and she does a really good job about allowing a person to embrace things about which they're passionate, even if it's things that aren't going to provide their primary income. Those are the things that I encourage you to look for. Well, our time has gone quickly. My goodness. If you heard a lawnmower about two thirds of the way through the podcast today, yes, in fact, it was a real life lawnmower right outside my office window. The guys are here mowing, getting ready for Coaching with Excellence. I told them to come today, but I didn't anticipate them coming right up to my window, right during the podcast recording. Hey, that's just life. Life in the country. I love it. Wouldn't have it any other way. If it happens, it happens. So, and that's what that was, and you're accurate. It was a lawnmower. Well, thanks for being part of this community. Keep sending me your questions, your success stories. We'll share those, pass them on. 
but I encourage you, wherever you are in this process, if you're one who has it all figured out, you can encourage others. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being on a team where we can do that. What a privilege to encourage others who are coming up behind you. People like Ronnie and Jody, we talked about, they're doing it, they're sharing with others the encouragement that it can be done. But no matter where you are, if you want to be somebody that says, I have fired my job, create a plan. Take 48 days. You can come up with a plan in 48 days where you can be part of this ongoing group that in fact are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Hey, don't settle for less. Be committed even the rest of this year, the rest of 2016 to get this thing figured out so you can go into 2017 with your head held high, shoulders back, knowing it's going to be your best year ever. 